0: Welcome to the Lisa Wexler show podcast. Think of it like a magazine or a box of chocolates. You never know what you'll get. From politics to pop culture, healthcare to legal issues, it's all here. And my behind the wheel chats are personal observations created especially for you on podcast only. Enjoy.
1: Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite
0: Uh, Justin, we're going to have to cue up a really good Beatles song because we have a Beatles fanatic with us in the studio right now, Charles Rosene. And you know Charles because he's been a frequent guest on the show because he organizes the paranormal conventions in Ansonia every year. And in fact, he brought me two books. Charles, you brought me two books, True Ghost Stories of Connecticut and the 64 Top 10 Beatles list from celebrities. I love that it's 64. My husband just turned 64 and we sang him the Beatles song about turning 64 over the weekend. Charles Roseney, hello and welcome. Hello.
2: <laughs> I know. they my other world. Everyone knows me from the paranormal and the horror shtick. And now uh, th- this is my original. I mean, people, if they're in this state and they know the no- name Charles Roseney, it's usually from the Beatles conventions and doing Beatles stuff since the 70s. So
0: you have always been a Beatles fan. You oh. grew up listening and this was your group.
2: Oh my gosh, yeah. First memory in life is seeing the Beatles on Ed Sullivan. I was a little kid waiting for Topo Gijo who was, you know, good night, Eddie. And instead the Beatles come on and it changed my world.
0: Uh okay. Um hold on one second. Okay, I think that's it. Did that do it? No. Hold on, I'm trying to have um I'm trying to have Melissa listen to the same thing. Melissa, you're not able to listen? You got it? Okay. All right. Justin will fix it. Two zero three 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 nine four two two. So, Charles, the book of top 10 Beatles lists. Yes. Is this your first book about the Beatles?
2: It is. And it's funny because for uh, 20 years I published a Beatles magazine called Good Day Sunshine. Came out every other month, and I felt I'm never going to do a book. I was putting out like six books a year for 20 years. That was enough. I felt good. Wow. I'm set. But then people would always say, When are you doing a Beatles book? And I would say, It's all been written. There's nothing I could come up with that's unique. But then I put out the book of top 10 horror lists, where all those celebrities gave me their favorite horror movies and all that stuff. And I said, Wait a second hello, the bulb went off in the head, the Beatle bulb went off, and I said, I can do the same thing. Who doesn't love Beatles songs enough to give me top 10 Beatle lists? And so it was the natural sequel to the horror book, and it's all celebrities. It's the pop culture book. You don't have to be a Beatles fanatic to love the book because there's so many cool people in it.
0: So let's talk about Pete Best. For people who are not Beatles fanatics, remind us who is Pete
2: Best. Pete Best was the drummer before Ringo, when I was unceremoniously kicked out of the band prior to the Beatles uh, becoming the Fab Four that we know them, John Paul George and Ringo. And he's the sweetheart of a guy. I mean, he's come to my Beatle conventions. You know, he's really uh, taken to the fact that, okay, this is my part in history. I am that guy, that maybe the biggest person who lost an opportunity in history. But you know what, Lisa, what's amazing is uh, in 1984, when they released the Beatles anthology, they included some of the songs that he performed on. Really? Yeah, he got a few million pounds at the time. Is that right? It is so true. Did and they have
0: early hits before Ringo? They didn't have
2: early hits. They had early recordings. They were demos.
0: Oh, okay.
2: So before they were signed uh, to Capitol and EMI and Parlophone and all the labels where they finally struck gold, they were Brian Epstein, their manager, was uh, taking their demos all over the place. Were they
0: called the Beatles with Pete Best?
2: They, they were called the Beatles, sure. Yeah. They were? They absolutely were, yes.
0: Because when they were in Hamburg, I don't think they were called the Beatles. They
2: were. Prior to that, they were the Quarrymen, the Silver Beatles. They went through okay. a bunch of names. But yeah, they'd been the Beatles since 61. So
0: who did the Germany stint? Was that Ringo or was that Pete Best? It
2: was, uh, Pete Best. Ringo was performing with another band at the time, Rory Storm and the Hurricanes
0: so because I read The Outliers you know Malcolm Gladwell and yeah. he has a chapter devoted to The Beatles uh-huh. and in his chapter devoted to The Beatles he talks about the 10,000 hours that's his theme of Outliers and he says that the reason The Beatles became The Beatles is because they played 10,000 hours in Hamburg, Germany when they were mixing it up and figuring out and finding their sea legs and it's that true. wasn't with Ringo
2: no and if, and if you ask them they felt they were spending those 10,000 10, hours every night it was literally <laughs> It was literally getting up in the morning and playing till endless hours. But John Lennon said, "That's when we were the Beatles. That's when we became what we were." And then when they were playing Shea Stadium, they're doing sets of less than thirty minutes, and so that was a breeze for them. A breeze, yeah.
0: But the genius of the Beatles wasn't in their playing; the genius was in their songwriting.
2: Absolutely. But it was it was one of those uh, all the stars aligned at once. It totally. Was, it was the songwriting. It was the personalities. It was the looks. It was the hair. And But above all, yes, the, the compositions. the songs were just above any other artist that was around at the time, and it was perfect for the time. It's when songs were songs when there was a chorus, when there was a verse, and there was that catchy riff that you'd rem- remember forever. Even their B-sides and, were great. And, and the album tracks that you know weren't hits stand out even today as classics
0: we're talking with charles Rosenay reminiscing about the beatles if you saw the beatles in concert you want to give us a call 203-333-9422 we can go down nostalgia lane we're talking about charles Rosenay's book the the book of top 10 beatles list and it begins with the best list of pete best top 10 beatles memories and he starts with paul mccartney's 1960 phone call was that the phone call that said goodbye and good luck
2: No, what, in
0: 64? No, in 1960. No, that was Come Join the Band. Oh, he joined it in 1960. Yeah, I thought they played in Hamburg in the late 50s.
2: No, no, it was early 60s that they were in Hamburg. And it was a big reason that Pete Best was part of it is he had his own drum kit. His mom, Mona, had opened the Casbah in Liverpool, which was a coffee club. But all the kids went there because, you know, they were young, but they didn't have to drink. It had no booze in it. And the place is still there. Is it really? Yeah, well, I do the Beatle tours to Liverpool every summer. You do? We bring, yes, this is is our 40th anniversary. We bring Beatle fans to London and Liverpool every August for Beatle Week. And we go to the Cavern and the Casbah and Penny Lane and Strawberry Fields and all the places you've ever heard about and read about. I've been doing that for 40 years. So it's easy to... To have gotten peeps and to know all these people because I've been in yeah. their ho- in their homes and all that. Did
0: you see what's his name? Who's now leaving the Late Late Show? Jimmy Corden. Yeah, did you course. see him take Paul McCartney back to Penny Lane?
2: I did, and he also took him into a pub where they opened the door and it was this right. big, it was this big shock. I knew half the people in there. They did knew you? they knew about it prior to it was all well planned of and course. well orchestrated. Um It was but brilliant, great great bit. yeah that whole that's a great youtube a, video if amazing. you missed it
0: it's a fantastic thing to see and you see him walking in the house where he grew up this tiny little bathroom it's like a shrine
2: yeah we go in there <laughs> we go in there as part of the tour it's amazing wow <laughs> his mom
0: is gone a long time right his mother mary right
2: she is yeah and um he, uh, his father re- remarried and her list is in the book oh An- yes angie mccartney yeah Oh, my God. And he had a stepsister. Her list is in the book. John Lennon has a stepsister. Her list is in the book. Anyone who was still alive who I could get to, um, I got What in about the book. Yoko? Yoko, I didn't even ask. Mm, I get that. <laughs> but what about Sean? Sean would have probably given me a list had I pursued him uh, you know, vigorously enough. What I did on this book, and I hope to have a sequel to it, is I pursued the people who I knew were going to pretty much give me lists. And it wasn't just Beatle people. You know, It was Dick Cavett, Dave Winfield. People in you know the celebrity world, aside from the Beatles world, so that the book balances and is enjoyable for someone who's a diehard Beatles fan, but also is just a casual. Oh yeah, I love the Beatles, of course, but I, you know why am I going to read this book? That's why you're going to hear uh, all these people tell their either memories of the Beatles or their favorite top ten lists. I like cousin
0: Brucey. The best. Naturally, of I would course. like Cousin Brucie. My top ten Beatles songs of all time, a very tough and unfair
2: assignment. Yeah.
0: I love that. And uh, let's talk about some of his favorites. And they're in no particular order. Yes. When I'm 64 makes it. Perfect. It's a great one. He says his tune always makes him smile. He thinks it was one of the very first songs that Paul wrote when he was only 14.
2: Isn't that crazy?
0: Well, because 64 probably seemed like an eternity. Isn't Paul over 80
2: now? He is. But, but to write that when you're a kid, the, the brilliant, the genius of it is just, it's mind-boggling.
0: Yellow submarine? hmm Hmm. Hard day's night, great, great. And greatly performed. Prefer- Hold up.
1: Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG.
0: You know, the other thing about the Beatles that I loved. so I started discovering the Beatles when I was... um, when was I Saw Her Standing There? That that When did that come out? Um,
2: 1964.
0: And I want to hold your hand. Yeah. Okay, so I was born in 60. So I started listening to that record when I was about seven on my record player upstairs on my linoleum floor.
2: On your Victrola.
0: Uh, it was not a Victrola, no, thank you very actual... much. It was an old-fashioned record player. Okay. <laughs> but it was so worn down with the grooves, you know, that it had the scratches and the songs that I had to start a little bit in. You know what I'm talking yeah, yeah, about. We all know vinyl. And the album of I Want to Hold Your Hand, which is I Saw You Standing There, that's the album that I had. I wish I still had it. I wish I had the cover. But that was the album I listened to endlessly. That's how I learned how to practice dancing. Uh, that, and what I loved about the Beatles then and now is that it seemed attainable. It seemed like any kids who got together could form a band in their garage with a couple of guitars and a drum set and a good singer and maybe a piano
2: and make a song. You're right. That's how many bands did that that night, February 9th, 1964. Sure, they may, may have heard them on WA Beatles. They might have heard them on the radio, on AM radio. Uh, there might have been a clip or two. But seeing that Ed Sullivan show and realizing that you can put on a guitar and go woo and maybe be a Beatle somehow.
0: No magic uh, technology. Right. right? There they were singing. There they were on their album. And you just felt like, oh, I was seven years old. I felt like, oh, this is what I'm going to do when I'm a teenager, right? Like, this is the next thing. I'm going to take guitar lessons, which I took endlessly and could never play. (laughs) But the thing about the Beatles' music, and it's still true now, is it seems immediate. It seems right here and right now.
2: It's 3D. It jumps out at you. It does. Um, I I remember as a kid going to a pizza parlor in the Bronx from New York originally, and that was the first time I heard a jukebox. And she loves you came out of there, and it was like, oh my god! I, I remember you had to peel me off the floor. It was so amazing to hear to hear it in a different because uh, I was hearing it on AM radio. Of my, course, Ari my, Harrison, WABC, or, or on my Chintzy, you know, Barbie record player. Um, but you used the word "there was no magic technology." Right. It seemed like that, but to there me. was magic, Lisa. Well, the, 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 the genius. Th- the three things about the Beatles is is three M's. One is is the magic, which you can't put your finger on. It's that X factor. Was it with whether it was their comedy, their their hair, their personalities? The other M is the memories, because for people, you know, who are of a certain age, it has a nostalgia factor, and even if it's passed on generation to generation, it's still that. The, the last M is the music. It boils down to the music. The music is still great and it will be forever.
0: What's your top 10 list, oh, Charles, wasn't it?
2: It's in there. It's in there. It's really funny because my wedding song is here, there, and everywhere. And I always said it would be. Um, but then at Mohegan Sun on one given night, Davy Jones of the Monkees proposed to my wife on my behalf. And played a monkey song that he wrote. So I had to have two wedding songs that night: a monkey song and the Beatles song. Did he really do that? For yeah, me? he sure did. Yeah, that's so sweet. Well, we were friends, and you know I had produced monkey conventions. And you knew she would say yes. Oh, uh, That would have been horrible, <laughs> right? If she said no, it would have been devastating. She said no. she's saying no every day since, but she uh, said yes well, that day. You know.
0: So um, what? So what song was it?
2: It was uh, here, there, and everywhere.
0: No, is that no? What Davy Jones? Oh, you
2: never heard of it? It's called "I'll Love You Forever." Okay, yeah, it's one of those obscure uh, Davy Jones written monkey songs. Um, But through the years, a song called "While My Guitar Gently Weeps" from the White Album. Oh yeah, I hear that.
0: I hear that on the radio. Crept up
2: and it's and it's become more of a staple. It was originally just an album cut, Mm -hmm. but every Beatle tribute band that does it, whether it's Rain or Fab Four or the Hoffners, any of those guys. It's just a standout track. Let's and play
0: it. Let's find a little bit of it. Yeah.
2: Uh-oh, put Justin on the spot here, yeah, right? Yeah, of
0: course. He'll do it. He's good. He's really good. I, you know, Dick Cavett, I had a chance to interview a few years ago. He's he's a character brilliant. in and of himself. Oh, he's brilliant. He thought. is. He started talking to me in anagrams. He started talking about anagrams, in anagrams, and it was only afterwards, many... A few, not many, a couple of years afterwards that I realized that I'm also a devotee of spelling bee and I'm always in anagrams myself. But he was really into anagrams. I remember that. So he's, you have him with the top, most memorable moments with the Beatles. Yeah,
2: because and, he interviewed Harrison. He interviewed John and Yoko. Wow. But The most telling thing is at the end of that chapter, he wrote, he writes these are the stories I can tell. And I'm like, what? Come on, Mr. Cavett, give us the rest of those. I'll print them.
0: He's discreet. He says he remains discreet. (laughs) So, and Paul McCartney, he said, he had been my neighbor for decades in the Hamptons, but I never met him until November 2016, the night of the presidential election, where he was in a large room in New York full of merry people drinking and chatting and glancing at TV sets. And at Paul McCartney... And the sets were arranged so people could watch the confirmation that our next president would definitely be a woman. Sir Paul, pointing, said, Dick, look, a sad-looking and engrossed Harvey Weinstein, sitting atypically alone pre-Me Too, was staring at the TV deeply unhappy because, as he put it, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, and Michigan were, quote, not settling. It was slowly becoming clear who was not to be president. At least I had met my fourth
2: Beatle. Amazing, right? That's his memory of Paul, was on on a night that Hillary did not become president, right?
0: Yeah, it's it's a night he'll never forget for a lot of reasons. Yeah.
2: And so that's like that in itself, that's a tidbit that's That's not going to be in any other book, probably in the world. No, it's wonderful. It's just wonderful. You've got
0: Chi Chin Chong. You've got Chang here, I guess. Yeah, Tommy Chong. Tommy Chong. He must be having a field day now. Although, is he anti-pot now? Oh, no, 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 no. One he of them his, is anti-pot. He has his own line. I'm sure oh, he's really? I thought one of them was anti-pot.
2: Yeah. As long as we continue what you were saying with Melissa of it, not getting online and not getting into kids' hands. You know, You're listen, into
0: it? I listen to your show. I know, I know you do, Charles, <laughs> and I appreciate that very much. I really do. Hey, I before I let you go, because we're going to speak to your friend Gary Puckett of Gary Puckett and Union Gap in yes. just a minute, and I want you to stay through He's that. He's in
2: the book, by the way. Is he? Yeah. Oh, that's
0: cool. Listen, um, I would be remiss if I didn't say that Melissa... In the morning, our Melissa, you heard. Yeah, she says there are ghosts in the building, right, so and she may want back. you and Nick to check it out. We
2: have to come back with Nick. We'll talk about our paranormal convention, which is coming, returning to Connecticut in May okay. next
0: month. Oh, not not in the summer. In it's may. not. We
2: moved in, in May because it was just oh. too hot. Too hot at the Ansonia Armory. Okay. And we'll move it. And then was um, it a big
0: success last year?
2: Very much so. Yeah. It's yeah. A really a great show. And we'll do a paranormal investigation here while we're here. I think so. It'll be amazing. I want to add that It's a newish building though. It, newish you would think, right? But you it's would. Still, it still probably has the, the but ghost. But if AJ
0: and Melissa, they're here in the weird small hours of the morning. If they're sending something, then maybe there is something. Who the heck knows? It's the
2: ghosts of past DJs, of course. The you ghosts know. of past DJs. <laughs> ah.
0: Okay, wait, we got one more caller who wants to talk to you. Beverly from Woodbridge. Beverly, you saw the Beatles? Hey, Bev. Can't hear you quite oh, hi, yet. Lisa. Justin, there you are. Hi. Hey,
3: hi. Bev. Oh, hi. I'm great. Uh, this is a so finding this on the radio this morning.
0: Well, we're delighted to keep you happy Bev. So tell me, you saw the Beatles?
3: Okay, I did see the Beatles in Cincinnati in 19 I think it was 64 um at the Cincinnati Gardens. Um I was fourteen. We had front row seats wow. because my girl, my girlfriend's parents, owned a radio local radio station. There it is. So well, he got us press passes.
2: Bev, you say you saw them, but did you hear them? No. <laughs> you couldn't. They was the kids were screaming too much, oh, right?
3: Oh, it was crazy. And when we were actually when we were driving over there, we actually lived in Kentucky, right across the river. Um, we were driving over there, my girlfriend's father said, oh, here comes the Beatles right now, because I guess he saw the motorcade coming up behind him, and they it was them, and they pulled up next to him, so he tried to drive next to them, and we were hanging out the window, screaming, <laughs> crying, <laughs> being hysterical, and so um, Ringo looked at us, and the rest of them looked the other way. Okay, <laughs> and you remember that.
2: Such a great memory. Wow. wow.
3: God An imprint. Unbelievable. One of the highlights of my life. It was all just great. Awesome. Just great. I had a, I had a new madras dress. And we went to the hairdressers. I mean, it was a big, it was big time.
0: Well, it is. Yeah. Wow. And people used to get dressed fun. up for concerts in those days oh. instead of getting dressed
3: down yeah. for concerts. Wow. <laughs> You're so right. You're so right. Okay, It's the first time I ever called into a radio station
0: crazy we're glad that you did Bev I hope you enjoyed the show thank you I did I totally loved it okay thanks Lisa thanks all right we're going to be right back with Gary Puckett of Gary Puckett and the Union Gap and those many many hits in 1968 they outsold the Beatles we'll be right back
1: imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt now imagine them getting even softer over time For full, important safety information, visit juviderm.com. Thank you for listening.
0: If you liked what you heard, please share it with your friends. And as always, feel free to contact me at Lisa at LisaWexler.com.